Second player press start. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Second Player Press Start. My name is James and I'm joined by my friend on the couch. Darren, hello friends. How are you doing today, Darren? I'm doing well. Um, I'm honestly a little tired at the moment, but that's more a uh, beside the point, I guess. But we played a played a fun game tonight and uh, it's pretty adorable. So excited yeah. to talk about it. We played our very first uh, Nintendo game. Well, not our very first Nintendo game, but <laughs> our very first Nintendo game on Second Player Press Start. Um, I have the ability now to record um, gameplay footage from uh, the Switch. So yeah, uh, that bodes well for our YouTube channel. Um, and that means we can talk about Nintendo games now, which is kind of cool. So um, we played a game that I picked up uh, actually for my son's birthday uh, back in March. And uh, that was Kirby Star Allies. Um, it's a kind of a co-op platform game. Um, I think anyone who's into video games probably knows what Kirby is. Uh, my first experience with Kirby was way back when I was a wee lad on the original Game Boy. Yeah, the green screen Game Boy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this cute little blob that kind of floats around. And uh, in that first game, um, you could kind of inhale enemies and kind of. Yeah, I think I think you could. You could jump and float and then uh, inhale enemies and shoot them at things. Those are your two, your two basic mechanisms for dealing with enemies, I believe, was inhaling them and then using them as a projectile against other things. Yeah, and I think beyond that Game Boy game, I don't think I played Kirby until maybe the Wii? Yeah, there was a Kirby game there I remember playing with you, but... Um, I don't remember much about it other than it was a Kirby game. But they have been making Kirby games ever since then. Um, I know there, I think there were multiple handheld games and I'm pretty sure much like Nintendo's other properties for every system, there would be a Kirby game or right. a spinoff of Kirby games. Um, Yeah, I guess, uh, where do you want to kind of start chatting about this? Well, is in terms of gameplay, I think overall it's trying to fill that, um, that there's an, definitely an age demographic to it, and there's also a play style demographic to it. And what I mean by that is, age-wise, it's something that James and I enjoyed I assume for, I'm speaking for myself here, but for the nostalgia aspect, for the cute aspect, Kirby is super adorable and there's lots of laughs to be had. Um, it's not very deep. It's not very challenging, but it's still something to entertain yourself with. Um, so it definitely works for a younger audience. And in that same way, there's co-op built in where you can, in the Kirby games we played before, the mechanism of inhaling things and spitting them out was just a normal projectile attack kind of thing. 
but in this you can inhale things and take their powers, or you can throw hearts at things and take their powers, or bring them onto your team. So that's where they add the co-op element in, because you can have up to four people on the screen at a time, which uh, is reminiscent of other Mario games we've played, as well as, well, maybe not we've played on the podcast, but also one of the more recent Marios where you could steal hats and take their powers. Right, which I think was on the Wii U, the one where you were a cat, right, I think? Uh, so yeah, there's the original one with the with the cat, like, and you could, there was hats in there too. But then Odyssey had a hat stealing right. mechanism as well, yeah. right? Where you'd throw your hat at yep. things and take powers. Um, yeah, I guess the key difference here is, and the thing that I really like about the game is um, kind of combining different characters' abilities was mm. really... Um, kind of a strong point, but I, I guess maybe we're getting a little too far ahead of ourselves. Sure. Um, I think first of all, I'd just like to chat about kind of the presentation of the game. Okay. Um, just kind of booting it up for the first time. Um, we're presented with a, a pretty cool kind of graphical kind of style intro and, uh, it kind of presents this like half tone. Right. Um, art style, which is, um, they kind of use that throughout all the menus and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, as a, uh, as a graphic designer by trade or my profession, um, I really appreciated kind of, uh, right off the bat, it just felt a very fun, happy mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, going into it, um, kind of as soon as you start pressing buttons there's kind of a smile on your face right away right yeah and i mentioned the halftone thing to you right away too because i knew you knew the name of it and i you know it's like old school comic book coloring um, based on the printing at the time but uh that stood out to me because it's not something you see very often in video games is is a different visual style in 2d or even 3d the 3d is still the same as any 3d like it looks like uh any of the 3d kids cartoons today yeah um super colorful and shiny and round and um all that kind of stuff but the the menus and stuff are all done in 2d as well as that opening animated movie sequence and had the halftone feel to it but also very like very anime feel to it oh yeah the presentation and the the move lines the, the speed lines the movement lines things like that um, and it was all done without any dialogue. In fact, the whole game, other than your pop-up little menus, and a lot in-game are done with icons, but the whole game up, as far as we've played, has no dialogue whatsoever. So there's no need for translation, and everything is just conveyed as characters and animation and movement and things like that. Yeah. Facial expressions. Yeah. Um so the game starts off uh, beyond kind of a little bit of story setup where I guess um, this thing kind of flies in from the sky and distributes these dark purple hearts. Yeah, there was this this wizard looking character that had these really big long sleeves, which because he was too small for his robe um, or it, the thing, they were too small for their robe. 
And then, yeah, there's dark purple hearts that end up in, what was it called? Peace World or something like that? Or I don't remember. The world where Kirby lives. Uh, Dreamland. Dreamland. But there was also like a something about peace, but I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, so the hearts go through the land and in particular they infect maybe is the right word or over overcome the king king ddd the bird king of kirby world and our first part of the game is trying to reach that castle through the forest and yeah and you know stop some of the infected creatures that have got these purple hearts that are evil purple hearts because they're not lovely pink hearts yeah speaking of pink hearts even from the initial loading screen while the game's loading there's this little kirby animation that morphs into a pink heart and back into pink kirby and back to a pink heart so even from even that little attention to detail in the loading menu and stuff like that it continues to push um just the cute factor of the game for sure yeah it's uh you can't escape the cuteness of this game for sure it's kind of you know splattered everywhere um sure so yeah, after that kind of uh, brief cutscene of deep Kirby lore, um, <laughs> you're presented with a uh, very familiar, if you've played any Mario games lately, of this kind of 3D slash 2D kind of world map. Right. Um, where you kind of go from point to point. Once you beat a level, it unlocks the next point, so on and so forth. And... Um, Initially, when we started the game, it was just myself playing. Mm -hmm. Um, There was no kind of, you know, second player press start. Pardon the the little joke there. Oh, that's a play on the title. I see what you did there. Um, Until I captured, well, not essentially captured, I friended a enemy by throwing a heart at them. Right. Which then brought them to my team. And then it was at that point... Uh, Darren could press. I think it was L and R together, right? Yeah. I also was able to press, it mentioned L and R on the screen, but I was also able to press another one of my keys. I think it was my, maybe my... um, Plus or minus? No, there's, I found the buttons, we'll get into this later, but I found some of the challenge in in just the controls of the game. But um, one of the buttons I was able to press, if I held it down, I turned my character back into a cpu character so a computer controlled character and that was the button i could press to then reactivate that character as well gotcha so both that button did both but i had to hold it to jump out of the game um but from what james is saying that was the first time when i was able to play a character though as he was the first player and he was controlling the one and only kirby in the game he had more more moves, I guess you could say, and more abilities on the screen and able in in order to interact with new abilities from other characters that he absorbed or to take over characteristics or to drop a character and then pick up a new ability or things like that, which is something that the second player and I assume third and fourth player would would not be able to do. Yeah, those um, beyond the first player, like the the other players seem more like support like it it really seems like if you're gonna play this game with your kids Hmm. um i don't know how a kid would feel not playing as kirby though right um sure i mean 
I my kids probably never seen Kirby before, so you know, maybe, maybe but yeah. it's not Kirby isn't this big character that everybody's wants to play. It's not they don't have as much IP brand power behind yeah. Kirby as they do Mario or things like that. Um so maybe, you know, the adult uh gets gets to be sure. player one. And kind of the casual nature of more of the secondary characters where they can drop in and out. Um, maybe those get handed to your kids. Right. Or um, in this case, to Darren. Right. <laughs> also the kids. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought that was interesting because it meant that you never needed a second, third, or fourth player on the screen to accomplish anything. And when you did need extra bodies on the screen for particular puzzles if you could call them that you could just friend more characters they'd be controlled by the computer and then they'd manage the things they needed to manage for that one sequence uh, those cannons for example that we that we both really enjoyed um, but essentially we light the fuse on on these cannons and then all of the characters jump in these cannons and then we get fired through and break all these blocks or whatever to to unlock new areas of the map and if there's four cannons showing on the screen, then you need four characters to jump one in each. If there's two, then you need two and so on. Um, the first time we were introduced to a cannon, there was two of us on the screen and one of us had to light the fuse and the other one of us had to jump in it. So in similar Nintendo fashion, we learn a mechanism in a really simple, low key, low tension, low, low stakes moment uh, in order to make use of that mechanism later on when maybe there's more enemies on the screen or things like that. Yeah, I think there was one instance where it actually involved timing hmm. to get, um, I think it was one of the collectible like puzzle pieces. Right. Um, if we miss the kind of the timing of the, the fuse detonating, um, we would have missed that puzzle piece. But, right. Um, yeah, pretty clever stuff. Um, I found, though, when we did friends to other people, it got a little chaotic. Um, sure. I think when there's more than two players on the screen, it kind of, for me at least, maybe that's just my old man talking, but, um, I mean, I'm, I'm the same age as you, so I'm not adding a different viewpoint on, in terms of age, but I, I agree with you. I think the challenge inherent is that because everybody but Kirby is playing a different one of the enemies on screen. And you can change those enemies and swap between them and things like that based on the things you do in the screen. It can be really hard to tell who's who when there's multiple characters and some of them look like the enemies that you're fighting. Um, and not all of them are going to move the same. Uh, if you're trying to follow your character and you've got another character that looks almost exactly the same as you, it can be really difficult to understand who's doing what at what time. Uh, we didn't have too many challenges with that, but there were some sequences where the camera panned automatically based on what was going on on the screen instead of following our characters. For example, that big ball of um, enemies. There's this right. There's this big ball made up of a ton of enemies, and it was chasing us Indiana Jones style, and we had to get away from it. But because of everything that was going on the screen and some of the CPU characters we had until they got squashed, um, it was really hard to be in the right space on the screen and still have enough screen real estate to see what was going on based on this big thing that was following us. Um, but there wasn't very many sequences like that from what, from the time that we played. 
Yeah, and it does kind of the the neat thing of um, again, if you're that first player and your you know your second player is kind of lagging behind and kind of falls off screen, it'll take that second player and kind of warp him to the right. the first player, right? Um, which I know other games have implemented, but um, it was nice to see that they kind of did that. Sure. Versus, you know, maybe the screen zooming out to the point where you see these little pixels on the screen. Right, right. Of maneuvering and it gets a little tough. Yeah. The one one mechanism I've seen there is, again, going back to a Mario game, but they, your, the second player, whoever's off screen, jumps into a, gets into a bubble and then floats towards where the action is. Um, the benefit there is you don't necessarily need to go back into the action right away if you don't want to. Um, the benefit here in this is because it's more of a teleport action is you don't feel like you're out of the game for any period of time, really. You just teleport and you're back controlling your character again almost instantly. So I I don't, I think both have their advantages and disadvantages depending, especially on the people that you're playing with. If you have a child that's frustrated with it or uh, it's okay to just sit back and watch dad play for 30 seconds then floating around in a bubble it's not a bad thing yeah um and it means that you're not losing a life for the party or something like that right uh speaking of losing lives uh, we had 30 x lives yeah the time we finished our our little playthrough i don't know if we ever lost one i don't think we did no uh you have a health bar in this game each character has a health bar and then when you lose enough health I don't know what happens. I assume you die in a life and you just come back to life hitting your start button again or something like that. But you can also pick up, there's copious amounts of fruits and hamburgers and ice cream cones and all these food items that you can pick up and get extra life with. Um, near, near the end of our play session, I also found a painter type character who once she paints enough pictures or uses her paintbrush enough, she can paint a picture which then turns into food somehow and then you can heal up the other characters so kind of a a cleric or medic style character yeah. in the party which i thought was interesting um well and even once you beat a level your health meter then charges back just 100 percent. Yeah. yeah yeah so um yeah there was never really a point where i felt like this game's pretty easy mm -hmm. um there was never really a point where i felt like this is challenging or hard Right. Um, granted, we only played kind of that first world. Sure. Um, even games like Mario, I know those first levels are generally a bit of a cakewalk. Right. Um, and some of those later levels can get really tricky mm. um, in typical kind of Nintendo fashion. But um, yeah, I mean, again, kind of if we think about the target audience... Um, you want a game that, you know, will slowly ramp up in difficulty, right? um, but not frustrate, you know, a five-year-old playing this mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. soon as he picks it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess the, the core of, or the unique thing about this game is, um, the fact that you can kind of take enemies, abilities or control enemies. Right. Um, but then they kind of take that a step further where um, 
you can combine abilities to um, to get extra kind of uh, attacks or moves yeah, or more. Yeah, increase the power of your abilities or yeah. power ups in your abilities. So, for one instance, um, say you had a guy. I think right off the bat, um, I think one of the first ones was uh, a guy with a sword, and then Darren said, "Say had fire." Mm-hmm. Um, we then had the the kind of prompt to raise our sword, and then Darren would throw fire on my sword, and now I had a sword that had fire. Right. Um, and there were tons of these like really neat kind of com- combinations, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. really imaginative stuff. Uh, one involved uh, turning into a curling. Uh, what do you call them? A stone, I guess. Curling stone. Yeah, I that yeah. There was some things like that that I thought were really interesting, and not only were we, um, I think when we first saw it on the screen, like we were super excited about it. But it was it was worth it was remarkable, right? It was yeah. something that we were both like, oh, that's awesome, and and laughing about it, and on the screen, the animations and all those. Not only were they con- continually cute and adorable, but they were also like big and splashy and. Uh, you know, fun to watch and, and just really exciting. Yeah. And there was another one where you turned into, was it a wasp or a... Yeah. I was called Bugsy and I Bugs, was, yeah, some I kind. was some kind of flying scarab beetle because I had the big pictures right, right, of, a, right. of a beetle, but yeah. I was also flying and I could pick up um, enemy heroes and then throw them and then they would do damage and bounce around the screen. But to power that up, I could hold my power up button like as, as James was talking about where you held your sword up I would hold my power up button and Bugsy would say get on and and like text on the screen and then James's character could jump on Bugsy and then I could throw James's character around and I think you could control where you bounce then after I threw you yeah very to, to uh, some degree to some degree yeah um yeah and I think the game's charm is in in that I think um, I can only imagine kind of all the combinations that they'll kind of introduce to you as you play through this game. Sure. Um, I'm sure there's dozens more that you'll come across. Yeah. The ones, the ones that we experienced so far, we had a ton of different abilities, but the ones that we could augment them with were there was water uh, there was ice and there was fire. Oh, there was also electricity. Electricity, yeah. So there was already four different things that we could augment. And to my knowledge, watching how some of them change based on those abilities, it wasn't just the look of it either. Like when it was when it was an ice power, you were freezing things and then the things were stopping in place and then you could hit them and then they would smash. With fire, things were lighting on fire or you were throwing fire swords or fireballs or whatever. Um, there was also an element in the game with uh, the environment where there was grass parts and you could light those grass things on fire if you had a fire weapon. And when the grass burned, then maybe there was a special puzzle piece underneath there or another piece of fruit or something to get health. Um, but if you were using a normal attack, the grass wouldn't be affected at all. Or maybe you had a sword and you could chop the grass and then that puzzle piece would appear again too so there was a lot of really interesting ways that um not only did your powers combine with each other but they affected the world very differently and that made 
the experience of getting new powers and trying out new things very rewarding and very incentivized because you just didn't know what was going to happen. So to see a new character like, oh, can I friend that character? And if you can, what is, what's the power? Can I, what power can I use? And how, and oh, now that I've got that, what does it look like when we power up each other? Is there a way to take that umbrella and make it fire, a fire umbrella, or to take that sword and make it a frozen sword or something like that? Yeah, it's, um, it's very reminiscent of Mario Odyssey, where you are throwing the hats hmm. on things just to see um, what would happen at you taking over that character. Right, right. Um, yeah, the more that I think about it, it's uh, there's a very close relationship there. It was kind of a bummer when you did see a cool character that he couldn't kind of take over. Right, right. Um there were these like large cats, I think, hmm. that were kind of storming around, and it would have been kind of neat to to see if you could transform into that and maybe barrel over some enemies. Yeah, it's true because there was there was enemies on the screen where, at first glance, there was nothing indicative that says, "Hey, this is a character that you can friend." So first off, from a graphical like interface perspective. I had no idea in in some instances which were characters that I could use their abilities and which I couldn't. So that was challenging. On top of that, then there were some characters that you just couldn't interact with. And when the vast majority of characters you can, it feels like a letdown when there's one or two that you just can't. And who knows for what reason, maybe because it's too much content and they and just the the sheer amount of permutations got out of hand from a development perspective that's that's possible but i mean you could visually make them look distinctly different and then it wouldn't i don't know if it would be as much of a letdown when you realized you couldn't after trying it instead of realizing as soon as you saw them on the screen that these are just not a normal enemy i don't know if that makes sense yeah i mean it wasn't a huge deal because like those characters that you couldn't control were pretty vanilla hmm um, there were definitely multiple instances of like seeing a new character and being like, oh, I wonder what that guy's going to do. Right. And I think we both had those same moments where it's like, oh, I wonder what happens when I right. get this, right. you know, weird painter lady or this weird uh, bug. Guy. Sure, sure. Um, and, and that in my in my experience playing as the second player was a little bit different than James's because... With Kirby, you could inhale the character and then automatically absorb and use that ability. With the character that I was playing, I had to change into that character. And I could only do that when I hearted them so I w- or friended them. Uh, this game has those social media references like friend and unfriend, which I thought was kind of interesting. But once I did that, I would turn into that character and my character would effectively disappear off the screen. So whereas in Kirby's case... Um, I think you would leave a hat or some sort of item would bounce around the screen of the previous um, character so that you could go back to the character that you were if you didn't want to make that switch. And the other thing that I found challenging with with that was when we had multiple friends on the screen, I I had to be a particular character. Even though there was four quote-unquote friends on the screen, Whenever I entered the game or dropped my character, I was always the same character and I couldn't swap between them. And that was, I don't know why that was. It didn't make sense to me why 
there was no way to just swap characters. Um, for example, the drop out, drop in slash out aspect of the game makes me think of some of the Lego games where you can easily just swap to a different character at yeah. any point. Um, even in the free play mode, you can just hit your, your bumper keys and change characters on the fly. So it, it doesn't seem to me like it's, um, it was a development thing. It was, it seems like there's a design decision somewhere in there, but I just don't understand why. Yeah. And even, I even found like playing as Kirby, um, it was a lot easier to, um, like inhale the person that you want it to be versus throwing, like the throwing the heart thing. Um, you kind of had to angle it just right. 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 Whereas, you know, to just holding down a button and it, you know, Kirby kind of inhales and he sucks in whatever guys kind of closest to him. And then sure. you just hit down, uh, was a lot easier than trying to line up this mm-hmm. kind of lob of this heart to, yeah. to capture. So I could see as playing as, uh, the second player and not having that kind of inhale ability as Kirby, um, that makes things a little tougher to switch. Yeah, it it meant that the mechanisms for the second player were, I would say, in some regards, a little more challenging because you, as Kirby, you always had the same set of mechanisms, plus you got to be able to use the special powers from those characters. But in order to change it any time, it was you would just interact with the characters on the screen the same way you always did and then hit one extra button once you've uh, inhaled them right whereas with the other character you would have to throw a heart and then you'd have to throw a heart specifically to or at the character that you wanted to friend and then that would change you automatically into them so there was there's a bit of a disconnect there simply because both players were doing different things in different at different in different ways to get the same result. Yeah. And that made it challenging. I can I can assume too that if you're playing with the child and and you're playing the Kirby character as the parent or whatever the first player and you're and you know how to to you know get the hat or change your character or whatever on the screen and you're trying to explain to your child this is how you do it but you haven't been watching how their character is played, you're actually giving them wrong information yeah, because they're using it differently than you are. Yeah, it doesn't apply to them, right? Right. Yeah. So that that was a little that was a little funny. And then when you mix that with the fact that when you have multiple characters on the screen, you can't just change to the one you want, I can see that being frustrating for a kid as well. When you've got four players on the screen and there's one right there that I could turn into, but I'm not allowed to. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Um, and I guess to bring it back, um, I could see you were kind of struggling with the controls overall. Um, I know Nintendo kind of has like, I think their buttons are placed slightly different to, um, like an Xbox controller, which I think you're more used to. Like, I think the B and A buttons are swapped. Yeah. I, if I remember correctly, usually in Nintendo games, um, your, one of your buttons, your, uh, outside right button is, uh, on, on the four button controller is your jump button. And your normal action button was like your attack or something button, I think. Um, so it just, once in a while, like once I figured that out and my jump was just a different jump button than I thought it would be, 
things like that, I solved the jumping mechanism because that's pretty standard in that game. And jumping is how you move basically yeah. through the world. Um, but it, once in a while, there was times where I wanted to, um, there's times where I wanted to absorb a character's ability or, or friend a character or change to another character. And I was trying to do it, but I just couldn't do it. And that's like I said, because I realized later that I wasn't even allowed to do it, but there were still times where I wanted to, okay, can I, can I exit this character and then pick up this other thing's ability? And no, you can't do it that way. Cause as soon as you exit the character, you give control of that character over to the computer and you're not even playing anymore. So once I sorted through that, it, it got a little easier, but I, th but there was just some intuitive, um, or non-intuitive nature to the control scheme that was a little bit fiddly for me. Yeah. I think, um, because you aren't like a Nintendo player hmm. in terms of, uh, their control scheme. Um, I just grabbed the switch controller and a standard Xbox controller, which you're more used to playing with. And, um, yeah, the bot bottom face button on the Xbox controller is A, and on the Switch it's B. Mm. Um, so the A and B are reversed, and not only that, the X and Y are reversed. Okay, sure. So you you may have seen button prompts to on the screen, the right. screen where you know on an Xbox controller, you, you know where it says hit X, you're hitting the left face button. Right. But when you should be hitting the top face button right. because of the layout of a Nintendo controller versus an Xbox. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, even myself, who, you know, I play all of these systems. Uh, whenever I hop on the Switch, I sometimes have a hard problem adjusting just because I'm so used to right, right. the layout of an Xbox controller. But Sure, yeah. Yeah, that makes that helps make more sense of that challenge then. For sure. Uh, the one thing I will say about the controls, um, I do like the fact as uh, the Switch is a system itself, um, we were playing, um, I gave Darren the Pro Controller, which is kind of the standalone Switch controller, and then I took the two Joy-Cons and bolted them to the, I think it's called the Joy-Con Grip which turns it into a more traditional controller. Uh, but the thing that I do like is if you just had your Switch with you um, and you didn't have any extra controllers, you could split those kind of two Joy-Cons and hand half of it mm. to a friend and they could play. Right. right. Um, although those controllers are super tiny, I'm playing just half of them. Mm. Um it kind of speaks to Nintendo's philosophy of kind of getting people together and playing. Right. Right. Um, if you, you know, you had this as a handheld and you were playing on your lunch break and your buddy comes over, you can, you know, stop playing single player and give him half the controller and you guys can kind of play together. So for sure. Um, it's neat in that respect because it really, um, there's no excuses to kind of not play with someone else, which mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think is really cool. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so yeah, we played, uh, say a couple hours, maybe. Uh, I mean, I think we started late tonight and 
but yeah, we, we played a fair amount of time. Um, we got through the, the forest sequence and we got to the castle with King DDD and we beat him and we're like, and then the credits started rolling. We're like, what, what's going on here? And then they pull a fast one on us and they reverse the credits at super speed with the reverse record noise. Yeah. And then, uh, we keep moving. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's quite, there's a lot more to that game than we got to experience, but that's the nature of our podcast. Um, we did, we did play enough. We got to a point where we're like, yeah, this is a really good place to end it. We were about to end it before we got to the castle, but then we realized that was the next level because we fought the big tree boss, the wispy wood. Yeah, which is a definite callback to the Game Boy mm-hmm. games, which, um, yeah, there was even one sequence where the music, like it just triggered something in my brain. It's For like, sure. that's the Game Boy music that yeah. I remember. Yeah. Um, and I think I still have it playing in loop in my head right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's definite sense of nostalgia there, which Nintendo does really well because we've been playing these games for 30 years, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think like overall, um, this is a good game to probably play with younger kids. Um, as two grown men in their mid to late thirties, um, I had fun playing, yep. playing it. Um, it was entertaining enough with kind of all these different combinations that I, I got something out of it beyond kind of playing with my kids, which, uh, I think I will go back and do because I know they've kind of played it together, mm. but I don't think we've really sat down and played it. Um, together as kind of dad and two sons, but sure. I, um, I feel for what I'm looking for in games, I would, I would play this again with people. I don't think I'd play this again solo. No, this I is don't. It's not yeah. a soul. Like for me, I'm not getting the same enjoyment of this game to the level, to the extent I would get playing with my son, playing with a buddy, whatever, just because of some of the way the team up powers and things like that work. And just, um, a lot of what's happening on the screen with the enjoyment and the way it's presented it's just it provides it provides an excitement that maybe you don't get from other games in the same way uh, especially ones that are maybe more story or narrative heavy or things like that where your interaction is primarily like akin to watching a movie together yeah i mean the game's called kirby star allies right like mm. The term allies is, you know, friends. So right. kind of implies that, you know, you, sh- you should probably play this game with uh, with other people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that kind of sums up our thoughts, unless you had anything else to add. Not that I can think of. Um, we didn't explain how the curling stone worked, though. Oh, OK. That was brilliant. I was super excited about this. So there's one character that you can turn into, which is a rock character. And the only thing this rock character does is turn into rock elements. So you turn into statues or you turn into a brick wall and that's all it does. So you realize then, okay, well, if I jump and turn into this, then I just land really hard and I can squish enemies. Okay. That's awesome. Because unlike Mario, Kirby can't jump on enemies. It doesn't, it hurts him when that happens. So by turning into a rock before dropping on these things, you can crush it. But if you're, because it's a platformer, if you're on a, like 
a ramp or an inclined plane or a declined plane. So like the ramp is going down and you land with this rock, you're just going to slide, which already is great because yep. now you're sliding down this ramp as this brick wall or as this like, uh, like, you know, uh, what's the statue, the thinking man statue or yep. something like that. And you're sliding down this thing and you're, you're hitting all the enemies in, in the path. But then if you added, what was it, water and or ice? Or I think it, just, it was the ice. Just because, the ice one? Yeah. But yeah, so if you powered up with the ice power, then you automatically turn into a curling stone, but you were still just a stone. What your friend had to do then was hit you, so then you slid super fast across the ground. Um, and then that opened up even new mechanisms where because you were sliding super fast, you could hit buttons on walls across like gaps. And that would unlock new parts of levels. So I thought, I thought that to me was one of the most engaging and interesting um, team up mechanisms because alone that power was not useful. Yeah. Like I could, I could drop and be a curling stone and sit there, but I couldn't do anything solo. And I thought that was brilliant. So yeah, Nintendo that. has a really great way in their game design of like, like that, like curling thing could in theory be its own game like game mechanic hmm. and like a completely new game right right um and nintendo does a great job of like introducing these little mechanics that you play with for maybe like five minutes hmm. and then it'll introduce something else that you know now you can play with uh a yo-yo that's on fire that does right, something right. else right um yeah props to nintendo because they They've got some great ideas, and uh, yeah, I'm glad to see that they're kind of doing that kind of stuff in games. It's it's yeah. really neat. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, so I, I think, uh, like I said, if you have kids or if you're a kid at heart um, and you have friends that are kids at heart or if you know other kids, that's kind of weird and creepy, but <laughs> um, if you have kids of your own... Um, yeah, I think this is... Or maybe you're a big brother or big sister, right? Or yeah. maybe maybe you, uh, you know, foster or things like that. But yeah, if there's, there's people in your life that uh, enjoy, like, friendly, cute humor and that kind of thing, then I don't think you can go wrong with this game. There's some of those issues we talked about, and as long as you're aware of them, um, and you'll figure them out over time too, it's not a, it's not a game-breaking issue. Yeah, but I think once you solve those little little bits that challenged us, I think it's it's a good good opportunity to play with with somebody younger or somebody that uh, you want to share a laugh and maybe even just nostalgia of Kirby with. Yeah, I think if you play this game without a smile on your face, then I don't know, maybe there's some deep dark evil in you or something. I don't know. Uh, so with that said. <laughs> Um, I guess we'll wrap it up for this episode. Um, as always, thank you so much for listening. If you're still listening at this point, um, be sure to check out our YouTube channel. If you're not already watching that right now, um, I've been trying to post some non podcast mm -hmm. stuff there. Um, whenever I have some free time on my hands and, uh, I want to check something out while Darren's not here. Um, I now have the ability to kind of record stuff and post it. So sure. um, I'll try and do that just to keep the YouTube channel 
a little more active. So if you're only like a podcast listener, uh, that might give you an excuse to check out some stuff that's not on the podcast feed. Um, So with that said, again, thank you so much for listening. And uh, until next time, good night, Darren. Good night, James.